Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's happening, Logan? No, I'm going to ask you. You've asked me for the last two episodes. What's happening with you? Well, I am preparing to go run a race. I've talked about that on the last episode. We cut three in a row when we sit here, so if you're wondering, (laughs) didn't he run that already? I have not. Uh, That is going to be this Sunday. Today is... Thursday, March 30th. Q2, Q1 is almost over. First yep. quarter of 2023 is, is almost done. But anyways, getting ready to run that. Um, 2023 running for me has stunk. What is that smell? Oh. So far. I I mean, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it, but it's been difficult. Injuries. And- Injuries, yeah. Frustrations. It is what it is. We just keep plugging away. So that's, uh, you know, that's that. Life is good. Family's good. Man, I don't know. Markets are markets are interesting, challenging. Um, I love. It kind of sounds weird, man, but I love when when we're needed. Yeah, we are needed right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times when you wonder, you know, are we really needed? Like markets go up every day. You pretty much can throw a dart and make money. I mean, like what you know? I've I've had those times in my career where I'm like, gosh, I'm not really needed, and then all of a sudden, obviously. Something happens and turbulence comes into play, and I would say over the last few months, I have we have felt I have felt more needed as a financial advisor than a very long time, probably since COVID. Turbulence has come. Well, people are very concerned about money in the bank. Yep. Like I've not had that as since the great financial crisis, and and it was so hectic at that time, people didn't really even think about the money in the bank. They were just concerned about the markets and investments. Whereas I was thinking, if we go through bank failure, there's no money in the banks. Like, right. it's not going to happen. And now we're sort of seeing that. I, I think, <laughs> unlike 08 and 09, though, it's not, I mean, you look under the hood, it's it's nothing. Like, yeah. it's it's not an issue. Yeah. It's, well, you don't have banks that are investing in things that are literally failing. I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about Silicon Valley Bank and investing in treasury bonds, um, which is not the same as investing in, you know, mortgage, mortgage, mortgage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that are levered up to the hilt. Exactly. And, you know, it sparks fear. It sparks anxiety. And so we're having to kind of really, really have solid, practical conversations with people about that. I don't ever want to, you don't ever go to somebody, it's not going to happen. Like, okay, let me tell you why I'm not concerned. Let me tell you what the reality is. And so through that educational process, we're able to help people. And that is that feels really good. Yeah. Hey, that's a good segue to our podcast sponsor. Jewel Financial. A Jewel Financial. J-O-U-L-E. The powerful planning for people with pets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or without pets. Either way, we're I good. Just, every, I listen to our podcast, and, and the first time Daniel said powerful planning for people, which I think I now have chewed on that a little bit, and it just sounds weird. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds so hopeful. Powerful planning for people with purpose. Wow. Pur- pur- I mean, so I... That's probably worse. Purposeful, powerful planning, something along those lines. <laughs> Purpose. Anyways, whatever. Let's not. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? We're people, beating that people, one to death. Yeah, we yeah, are. But I just think it's funny because we, we're like, who else are we going to plan for? <laughs> like, powerful planning for aliens. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. 
Like, come on. <laughs> Powerful planning for pets. <laughs> come on. Anyways. I feel like you could put together a good financial plan for a pet. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've I've had people set up pet trusts before. Really? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's well, a whole think different about world. It. If someone has a farm and has animals, oh yeah, and they yeah, pass yeah. away, how's how are how are those animals going to be cared for? True. And they have spent their entire livelihood caring for those animals, so they allocate some capital to make sure those animals are cared. <laughs> I for. was thinking about like a cat. I was no. like, that's a little bit over. I've never. I mean, I've heard of that. I've never <laughs> set that up. I've I've heard of that. All right, let's move on. Uh, we got a great question today from Megan. Megan, what do you got? DIY. Hi guys, this is Megan from New Jersey. My question is around calculating my savings rate. Should I be looking at my pre and post tax contributions differently when calculating my rate? Is one weighted more than the other? Would love to hear your thoughts. Love the show. Thanks guys. All right, I have taken the lead on the last two weeks. So Logan, you take the lead on this one. What say you to Megan? Just want to tell you good luck. We're all counting on you. Yeah, so this is a really good question. Um, I, I actually get this question quite often from clients. Whenever you're thinking about the percentage that is coming out, the short answer is that it's going to be the same dollar amount that you are contributing to either a traditional 401k or a Roth 401k. So, for instance, if you make $100,000 a year, you're contributing 10% to your 401k. If you're doing a traditional method, you'll have 100000 come in, 10000 will come off right off the top and go into the traditional 401k. What some people get a little bit confused on is if you have 100000 and you're doing a Roth 401k, they'll take the taxes out, but then they'll still take out the $10,000 at the 10% rate. If you're doing traditional versus doing Roth, it does not change the amount that is being matched. So if you're getting a 3% match on your $100,000, you are getting $3,000 that is going to a traditional right now, traditional 401k right now, either way. So it's $3,000 whether you're doing a traditional, $3,000 whether you're doing the Roth. But an important thing to note is that they might, in the future, do Roth 401k contributions, and it should be the same way. It's calculated on the gross. The percentage is calculated on the gross. Is there anything you think we're missing in her question because is there any other you know like just a general Roth contribution or true I don't I mean I'm just trying to it's a fairly simple answer right yeah. the answer is no the, yeah. the answer is should you be calculating it no because when you put the percentage down they take the percentage based off of gross whether you're taxed or not yeah but an important thing to know is if you're contributing 10% traditional versus contributing 10% Roth, if you're doing the same percentage, the dollar amount that's coming to you as your net pay is going to be less on the Roth side. Think about it. If you're doing $100,000 and you take $10,000 out, now $90,000 is going to be taxed and then you'll get the rest. If you have $100,000 that's taxed and then you take out $10,000, you're going to get less to your paycheck than what you would get if you were doing the traditional side. So on the alternative side of that, if you're doing 10% to a traditional or you're doing 10% to a Roth, if we're considering it on a one-to-one basis, if we're comparing apples to apples and not apples to oranges, you're contributing more to retirement by doing 10% into a Roth than you're contributing by doing 10% to a traditional. 
I really feel like you just elevated your game there. Dude, you're on fire! I mean, really. That was really that was good. Uh, and additionally, one thing she's not talking about is, yes, on the savings rate, obviously the percentage is going to be the same as far as the dollar amount, whether it's pre- or post-tax, but if it impacts your bottom line mm-hmm. from a cash flow perspective, that is something to consider right. and potentially make adjustments accordingly. Yeah, so it depends on your taxes, but let's say for easy sake you're getting taxed 20%. Well, then you could hypothetically contribute 10% to a traditional, 8% to a Roth, and be right about the same amount net that you're going to get. I want to squash a couple of things because I get a lot of people who come back and say, there's no difference. Like, if you think about the tax rates, you're putting it in, yeah, you're getting a tax deduction now, Yada yada, but there's no different because you're going to be taxed on it in the future. So if you if you literally compare the dollar amounts on deferred gains mm. and you use the same tax rates, the dollar amounts end up being the same. Yeah. Okay. So why on earth would you do that? Well, from a planning perspective, what we take into consideration, if they're going to be the same and you have the ability to choose one or the other, the reason we ultimately choose the Roth is for, number one, we feel in planning that we can control your tax rate better in your retirement years if you have some sort of bucket that has already been taxed. So it opens up a world of strategies if you have Roth or an investment account that can be used to supplement your retirement income, thus keeping you in a much lower to no tax bracket at all and allowing us to do things like Roth conversions with the other monies. Because remember, corporate donation or corporate matches are not going into Roth at this moment in time. They're, they're, it's a new thing they're going to try to implement. But ultimately, that you would still have a traditional IRA. The second thing is there's no required minimum distribution in a, in, a, in a Roth. So at age 70, I guess it's now what, 73, 74? Yeah, 73, but it'll it go up, up to 75, yeah. At age 75, in the IRA, you have to take money out. Now, sometimes, and we see this a lot, people don't need that money. They've saved. They have Social Security. In the case of our previous person, they have pension. So they don't want to take additional income. The third and final is legacy planning when it comes to kids. IRA and Roth IRA has to be taken out within 10 years when you, when you pass it on to the second generation, a non-spouse beneficiary. However, an IRA is taxed at ordinary income. The Roth IRA is not. If you have children or grandchildren or whatever it may be that are in high tax brackets, that saves them a tremendous amount of money in legacy planning. So that's the strategies we look at when we ultimately guide someone to choosing a Roth 401k as opposed to an individual 401k. Great. Excellent. Love it. Okay, Megan. Great question. Hopefully we provided some value. All Megan did was sent us an audio file at podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get 
$5 Amazon gift cards. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.